Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped Merch Store. Use the coupon code PODCAST for 20% off of your next purchase. That's store.untapped.com. Buy yourself a late Christmas present, wear it in January, and use the coupon code PODCAST to save a few bucks. Thanks, John. I'm Harrison. So season three, it is coming to a close. What a year. Let's celebrate a little bit. And go with a bang. As I've said in the past, let's throw a fire in the fireplace. Just make sure your <laughs> Christmas tree is safe enough away since you probably forgot to start watering or keep watering about a week or so ago. Don't worry. Beer is here to save the day. And not just any beer, the perfect beer for this day, this month, and this year. It's actually from a brewery I really only know by legend. Um, as most of their beers are like 10 plus percent, and we all know that I'm a sub 5% kind of guy. But this time of year, I mean, it really kind of demands something big and toasty and roasty, and that is exactly what is on tap or coming out of that bottle for John right now uh, for us. So um, this is the second to last beer in our Avent box too. So um, I can't wait to see what tomorrow brings, but let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. John... What are we John McClaning tonight? <laughs> I assume by John McClaning you mean diffusing. Mm. And this <laughs> is Prairie's Christmas Bomb is the beer of the show tonight. So clever wordplay and throwback mm. to one of the best movies ever. Mm. Um, Prairie out of Oklahoma makes... Bomb is their, I think, their most popular beer on Untapped. And so this, the Christmas Bomb, is their second most checked-in beer on Untapped, beating out Rainbow Sherbert, and uh, they have a bunch of Bomb series. There's a Birthday Bomb, and then they have Oreo Stouts, and on and on with the Stout Madness, as Harrison pointed out, to most of them are a good nightcap, plus 10%. Wow. So, anyways, Christmas Bomb from Prairie Artisan Ales, listed as an Imperial Stout, rightfully so, at 13% ABV, with a little bit of bitterness at 65 IBUs. You'll see that sometimes in in a big stout some of them really getting up in around 80 or 90 ibus the bitterness will hit you differently than in a west coast ipa uh prairie tells us on untapped this the bomb that we all know and love is uh it has additions of christmas spices so we're going to find cinnamon ginger and nutmeg in here and perhaps my favorite part about this year's christmas bomb as harrison pointed out to me earlier the label is a find the difference. Um, and if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see Harrison kind of preview in that label uh, where you can find the difference from one side to the other, much like reading the newspaper or the comics in a newspaper as you were, if you were like me, you were too young to read. Well, anyways, we won't go down the literacy bridge today. The label is designed to be a game you can play Harrison, I hope I've given you enough time to imbibe your first sip of this Christmas celebration. Tell me what you think. Yeah, this is awesome. And like I said, truly, I mean, no of Prairie, nothing but great things. I've only had their bomb once. 
This is awesome. Nose is like a million percent like cinnamon graham cracker happening like right away. And then when you drink it, it's like I get the cinnamon and the nutmeg the most. And that was actually the two ingredients my dad always used to add to French toast. Those are the spices he used. So this tastes like Christmas morning, really. So we always had a big French toast casserole. So this is like checking a lot of boxes very quickly for me is like exciting. I was worried from the nose that cinnamon may do too much because spices and beer a little bit goes a long way. But this is like it's um, all it's like all this the ginger, the cinnamon, the nutmeg. It's all kind of happening there uh, in the first sip. So this is blast. But as it kind of been the theme for the past couple episodes of these bigger beers, I'm excited to see kind of kind of what this does as we give it a little bit to uh, to open up. But what do you got, John? First sip. What, what are you experiencing? I'm still thinking about your dad's French toast. Mm-hmm. My secret ingredient is almond, but yeah, um, it's, a, it's not a French toast episode. We're talking about <laughs> Prairie's Christmas Could bomb. Be. <laughs> so. The sometimes when I drink a big stout, I, I always am most taken by the fact that I can't taste the booze in it. Right. Th- this one, my first thought is I can taste the booze <laughs> in it. Um, and I get, but but I mean, it's not like it's not boozy. It's just it's it warms me up as I drink it, like a proper whiskey should. Yeah. Um. Mm. So I'm grateful for that 13. percent It's nice to kind of know that there's some heft in this thing, yeah. um, and the flavor for me that's that's the biggest lingering memory as I sip on this beer. It's it's cinnamon. It's comfortable. It's like Christmas morning. We just drank through Mad Elf, which tasted to me like a British Christmas. Mm. This this tastes like we just got back from like an IHOP Christmas pancake breakfast. Exciting at three in the morning, Tabby. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those late night check ins at the IHOP that serves incredible <laughs> imperial stouts. Oh. Um, cinnamon, cinnamon's the biggest takeaway from from the spice. You get a little bit of bitterness, a little bit chocolate, maybe even a little bit drier than I assumed. Yes, it was actually, be. likewise, I'm, I'm sitting here now, kind of the roast sits like almost coffee on my tongue, which is cool. That works. Totally fine with that. Yeah, you, know, you I won't complain about coffee ever in yeah. a dark beer. Yeah, likewise, this is fantastic. Cool. So both obviously digging right out of the gate. And as is now tradition, let's see what the BJCP has to say about this style. So um, style 20C is an imperial stout, um, which, of course, we all know is, again, another broad category. They don't have one for like a spiced imperial stout or, you know, which this one is. So um, it just kind of would fall under the, the same category. Um, and they're pretty generous with the the kind of description of what a stout can be. An overall impression from BJCP is an intensely flavored big dark ale with a wide range of flavor balances and regional interpretations. Roasty burnt malt with a deep, deep dark or dried fruit flavors and a warming bittersweet finish despite the intense flavors the components need to meld together to create a complex harmonious beer. Not a hot mess. And that is a, a great way to kind of write hot mess. <laughs> Great band name, great my autobiography might you know be called Hot Mess one day, um, but uh, but anyway, um, 
That's a great point to make. And you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, John, about how the alcohol can jump out of a lot of sometimes does, sometimes doesn't out of um, Imperial Stouts. And sometimes it's a welcome flavor note, that kind of heat that comes from alcohol. And sometimes it's like way too overpowering and and can kind of create a hot mess. And this one absolutely avoids that. But you can, I mean, you know, it's a lot of people think Imperial Stout, dump a bunch of specialty malts in there and that's it. I'll have something kind of good. And you can definitely mess a beer like this up in pretty substantial ways, especially when you're dealing with this much specialty malt. Because again, with spices, especially malts, a little bit goes a long way. You don't want to go down the weird kind of overly burnt toast route, the, the gasoline smelling like terpene route, all kinds of different things can happen with an imperial stout if you don't, don't meld it all together. So good of them to highlight that. But this one, of course, is so checking. It's for me, I'm getting dark fruit. I'm getting the roasty. We just talked about that kind of coffee roastiness to it on in addition to all of these really cool kind of spice flavors as well but right out of the gate yep imperial stout no no tricking me there <laughs> right this could you sneak this into the american strong category the kind of catch-all uh, maybe now because well uh you know may, yeah maybe now because it's got so much spices going on too maybe you can kind of say like well that Take, let me take myself out of the imperial stock category and enter something a little bit broader. Yeah. Um, like if I just handed you yeah. an unmarked Dixie cup and said, try this. I know. Something I got a little bit of a chuckle out of from the BJCP is when kind of doing a talking about a style comparison of an imperial stout, they say it's like a black barley wine. And I was like, whoa, thank you for just wow. blowing my mind, BJCP. Because, it, I mean, it, right, it kind of is. Like, you know, obviously, Imperial Stouts have kind of a lot of history in English beer making, but also American beer making. Same with the barley wine. You got the English and the American. And really, that's saying kind of like, is it more malt forward or hop forward? Um there but like yeah like right is this imperial stout just a black barley wine is a black barley wine a light stout I feel like that's a, a would you rather we may have to tackle right some way it's all about perspective but i got to talk about that we're right like we kind of talk about all these categories but it's it's kind of clear as you sift through how um the bjcp and really the beer world looks at distinct flavors and profiles and styles that there's a lot of crossover, a lot of relationship to each other, um, but that was something I yeah I kind of laughed about was oh yeah, yeah okay sure barley wine talk about a classic American strong ale if I submit this as a black American strong ale am I just kind of tongue in cheekly saying this is an imperial stout that but in a different category maybe marketing right marketing, exactly man there you go is a hot dog a sandwich that's not. It's not. It's not, but let's not go there. I don't want to hear... Please don't tweet me or anything. I don't want to... It's not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. Is it a classification? Anyways, we don't want to go down this road just yet. Maybe after the beer, that'll be good conversation. There you go. Um, food, at least. Yeah. You mentioned, I think, for me, when you mentioned early on, the, the, the quote I'll steal from you is not a hot mess. Mm -hmm. So this beer with the flavors like if i just sip this and kind of yeah. chew on it for a while yes. there's there's a, a viscosity that comes with this that i attribute to most 
imperial stouts that I've had, there's a mouthfeel that's that's recognizable. Yeah. And and for that, I would say you couldn't sneak this past me as a barley wine or or even an American strong. Generally, I find those maybe if you let this sit in the bottle for a year or two and kind of thin out and lose some of the heft mm. that comes with the chewiness of it. But there's a mouthfeel that's that's super recognizable in here for me that makes me think of Founders Imperial Stout or even just a base yeah. version of a yep. big heavy stout. <clears throat> yep. I mean, that, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I appreciate that in this beer, but as soon as I recognize it, then I'm left with like eating a piece of Ghirardelli cinnamon dark chocolate that's like mm. too dark to enjoy. And it just kind of like stains your tongue with that bitter tannic <laughs> chocolate, like, like proper chocolate, not like the Hershey syrup that I also love. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you're right. I mean, it's, we joke about kind of trying to sneak this in the back door of some other category, but when you drink it, it's like, uh, this is obviously an Imperial stout. It's kind of, and the mouthfeel, maybe perhaps you put it on a, on a bigger point, the mouthfeel might be really where that's that that the definition is, is, is made. The distinction is made between like an American strong ale that's not a stout and an imperial stout. It's kind of that, like the velvetiness you get yes. from this beer. Um, right. I mean, you drink it blindfolded, you know, the, even with the spices, this, the base beer is a delicious stout. And that's, um, something that used to be, I feel like seen more often is what Prairie's doing here is they're taking a base beer and just adding, adding to it and doing different variants. Like a lot of breweries used to do that a ton. We had Haw Rivers, uh, let me see which one do we have on there. Java Nog or their Java yes, Lantern, year. maybe. Yeah, one of the, so they have like Java Lantern and Fruitcake Java, like all kinds of. It's, it's, it's coffee. I think it was a coffee stout, but it's different versions of it with fruitcake in it and with barrel aged versions of it and pumpkin versions. So that's fun when you take it from something familiar and then say, let's just change one or two things and and then see what happens. You can get a totally different experience, but again, like. There's a, the stout is the story here, you know, kind of the the spicing and whatever is the fun side character who makes jokes and you know eventually you know provides a comic relief, perhaps shows up in the third act at the right time with the key to the door you needed. Like that's what uh, that's what the spices are doing here. But it's definitely um, just an amazing stout uh, before all that comes into play too. So much. The one distinction I'll make is that. The times I've drank bomb, I'm always looking for more, but they 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 use ancho chilies when they make their base variant of bomb. And I'm I'm wondering if this beer mm. comes before it sits on those chilies right. and they and they and it never hits the chilies, it just hits Christmas spice because I can't find them. Yeah. There's a little bit of heat, but, right. but uh, it, yeah, right. it confuses me. And I think it's just really bitter, dark chocolate. I don't, I don't get the, the chili flavor. Um, but somewhere in, in Prairie, they're making this beautiful stout. And then for base bomb, I presume it sits on chilies and vanilla and espresso beans. And then around Christmas time, they change those, um, 
that flavor packet and they flavor it like your father did his French toast, which now I'm hungry for. I know, right? I could go for some of that anytime. But uh, yeah, that's a great question. And actually, the, kind of the first sip, the beer that it reminded me of first was Stone's, I'm going to say it wrong, but the Waka Vesa, which is there like, it's like a cocoa nib, ancho chili, imperial stout. Um, Zoka Vesa. Zoka Vesa. Waka Vesa. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, John. But yeah, one of, yeah, that, that beer, which I had first many Christmases ago, that was the first thing that hit me. So, I mean, yeah, I think now I'm testing my chili knowledge, but I feel like our ancho chilies, you know, better than me, are they known for being hot or is it more of a flavorful chili? I guess they can be dried, right? And like really be more smoky than anything else. I'll chase the dragon when we're talking about the Scoville numbers, yes. but uh, anchos anchos are like a chipotle. Right. They're, they're bringing they're bringing a delicious chili flavor, but you're not gonna you're not gonna try and knock up your five alarm chili by adding anchos to right. it. Yeah, that's it. Kind of was my right the in somewhere in the deep recesses of my mind where I store all my chili information that's that popped <laughs> up a little bit, saying I don't think this one brings much heat anyway. So anyway, regardless, that's a uh, Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And then, um, let me see. Some, and some other commercial examples of, you know, if you can't find this beer, but trying to get something similar. Well, we just mentioned, you know, Stones kind of did, for me at least, um, tickle some of the same taste buds. Great, great comparison with yep. that beer, too. I didn't even think of it, but these two would be very similar. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, like, again, without the spices, if you're looking for more of like an American Imperial style, Bell's Expedition is great. If you're lucky to find enough, I find Marshall Zukov's from Cigar okay. City. That one's awesome. Great Divides Yeti, which we could do a whole episode, although it'd be extremely difficult on all the Yeti variants that are out there. We probably have to bring in some help for that one. Um, and then on the English side, uh, Sam Smith's actually Imperial Stout. Everything Sam Smith does is so good. The carbonation on all those beers is so interesting. It just, it's a whole other element to it. Um, so anyway, yes, check that stuff out. You yeah. can't grab this one. Old Rasputin. Stuff there. Right. And we then had, of course we had on the yeah. show or if, if Imperial stouts or perhaps even stouts, if I, if I understand history, owe their credit to exporting porters from England and keeping Russian czars happy. That's it. And really that was the early interpretation. That was your dial up internet. Then craft beer really became popular over the last 30, 40 years and these new brewers took the the stout, the imperial stout, and just branded it in so many different creative ways sure. that the beers you're drinking now, if you're drinking an imperial stout now, there's a good chance it costs you twelve bucks, right? And and it and it has some just mind blowing flavors and ingredients to it that that didn't exist a hundred years ago when uh, the czars of of, of Russia. Uh, we talked about this when we drank that beer early in season season three. Mm-hmm. These weren't he wasn't asking for cinnamon ancho chili stouts. He was just asking for beer that would survive a long trip. That's it. And here we are now, right? Drinking, uh, yeah, something that's and I well, you're right. That's a great point to make. It all started there with something, but some necessity, right? Like I need you to jack the alcohol up in this so that when it gets here, it doesn't taste like. The barrel has been sitting in for six months. It tastes like that and something else. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
and here we are with something being able to build upon that uh, that those kind of functional changes to this beer with lots of fun stuff. So this is, um, and we're all the luckier for it. Awesome. And so a quick recap on uh, yeah. this particular beer on Untapped. You've got, uh, there's a discussion to have, and we'll do this more in season four because we're already kind of starting to make plans for that next Indeed. year. Christmas Bomb and Prairie's OG Bomb both have years on the label. So you can check in to Christmas Bomb on Untapped, and that's the catch-all. Um, but you can also, because this beer has a year on the label, you can check into Christmas Bomb 2020 or 2019 if you're so fortunate to have some sitting around on the shelf. Marked. The Christmas Bomb as a whole has about 75, almost 75,000 check-ins on Untapped, and that'll catch every single year going back to 2012 um, or give around 2012. Overall, this beer rates 41 with all those check-ins wow. year over year, which is incredible. If you're hitting, if you can have a beer that's rating above four, that's, that's just about perfection when it comes to public opinion. Yeah. Um, and as Harrison said, this is basically the base beer with, with Christmas spices added to it year over year. Is it different? I can't say a hundred percent that it is, but because because I'm an assumptive type of person and I'm good friends with Harrison, who's actually worked in a professional brewery before. <laughs> Can I make a safe assumption, Harrison, that there's some slight differences from year to year when they produce this beer? It seems like it. And even if they, you know, officially it's, you know, n no, like if it's whatever you're adding to this, all the, I mean, the spices, all that stuff, it's going to be, I mean, there's so many variables, right? Like, uh, if if there are chilies in this, how hot were they that year? Did you adjust the heat and add less chilies, if it, or is a spicier, you know, crop than you were used to, or not? Um, same with cinnamon. Maybe add a little bit more this year because last year, is it didn't, you know, come out the way you wanted to. Maybe you have a new brewer. Maybe you brewed it on a day that was colder, and so it didn't boil off as much. Like, there's so many variables to everybody you have forget about year over year verticals um but yeah this would yeah i mean i think it's safe to say that there's gonna be this would be a great beer to do verticals with side by side and kind of find that out yourself but uh, yeah i mean even if they're not advertising different year over year the fact that there's so many different ingredients that go into this um there's gonna be some some variation for sure so that's it we just need to drink more solved it i knew we'd get to that be the answer eventually if we asked the right question so good job john <laughs> so if, if if you folks listening to this at home on the day it comes out here we are on christmas eve's eve eve yes which traditionally for me is the busiest shopping day of the year yeah exactly <laughs> right it's the day when you go, what's tomorrow? Oh, I got to go get change the tires. The gas station that sells <laughs> Christmas presents and wrapping paper. Right now. Exactly. And oh, I, beer. Right. Great. I guarantee Great. you there's some intrepid gas station owners that have all that lined up ready to go. <laughs> so good yeah. on you. Every year I get older, I wish that, you know, you never find yourself wishing you worked more. Maybe you do, but I always like around this time of year as logical and black and white as I try and make things around Christmas time. I always find myself realizing I don't pay enough attention 
to my friends. I don't drink enough beer, 2020 aside, but I always, um, I always, and what it comes down to is I'm terrible at Christmas shopping. I knew about Mm. this all year long. Mm. And here we are two days before the, the biggest holiday of the year, the biggest gift giving holiday of the year. Certainly. Um, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll sit here in my head and I'll justify it by saying like, I'm not giving into consumerism, but <laughs> at the same point. Um, so it's a great time if you do have those beers in the cellar, that's um, right. that you've been sitting on, uh, that's what I hope my Christmas has become are just an excuse to share some beer and, and educate the people I love with like, this is why the beard tastes like cinnamon candy and share it with people. That's my favorite thing to do. What? I don't know. I just went off on a tangent there, Harrison. I meant to ask you about what do you do on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Eve? You have a family. You uh, live the grown-up version of the life I sometimes wish I had. Mm. What do, what's Christmas like in your house? You guys watching movies? Are you, are you sitting around the Christmas tree sure. asking if you can open a present early? Right, yeah. there's. I mean, sure, yeah. There's plenty of tradition and more we kind of add each year. A lot this year. I think the Christmas lights went up like the day after Halloween because why not? Ooh. Um, <laughs> it kind of didn't, didn't waste any time, uh, setting things up. Uh, cause you know, not, not much else to do. So this year has been a little different. Um, yeah, stockings are all up already and they've been up for about a month. So, but that aside, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of movies that we, uh, we watch around Christmas, before Christmas, traditionally kind of starting right after Thanksgiving with either um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is an undeniable classic, classic right? And then sprinkle in, because I do have younger kids, they, we kind of watch like The Nightmare Before Christmas from like October through January because it, it does that beautiful job of crossing the Halloween and the Christmas world's Kind of just by the story it tells. So so those are easy slam dunk movies. Today, though, we thought it'd be kind of fun to roll the dice and bring up some other movies that we all know, but that perhaps there's that one person in your friend group or that one crazy uncle who insists that something that's kind of maybe in your eyes just a movie is actually a Christmas movie. So we wanted to kind of shine some light on on a few of those, right? And uh, and maybe stir up some debate out there and the interwebs. Or just laugh about how great the movies in the 80s were as we go through probably a fair amount of them right now. Um, and give our hot take, if you will, on if these movies that maybe you're not thinking of when you think about the Christmas story and Home Alone and Elf and all that stuff should perhaps be on that same list. So let's let's get started, John. Let's go through this. I want to let you start with uh, this first movie we have queued up. We'll both give kind of our take on, is this a Christmas movie or not? Okay, Harrison. Let's start with something really easy, mm. like a, a softball pitch. <laughs> gremlins. Uh. When you think of Gremlins... Is this a Christmas movie? When you say Gremlin, I first think of of Wayne and Garth's car <laughs> with the flames on the side of it. I think it was a Pinto. might have been a Gremlin. Um, anyway, but... <laughs> so for this movie, my answer is a definitive yes. Why? 
Well, first of all, the gremlin itself was supposed to be a Christmas present. So already kind of the whole premise of this movie wouldn't exist if Christmas didn't exist. So Christmas gets the ball in motion. Obviously, it takes place in and around Christmas. There's tons of Christmas decorations, all that stuff. But ultimately, Christmas is, you know, movies are all about kind of, you know, redemption and giving and caring for others and that also all those ingredients come into play as well as you know the kind of the, the main character is forced to save his friends in his town from you know crazy little monsters that are attacking them so yeah all the christmas themes checked all those boxes easily but for me yes this is a christmas movie but it kind of lands in that cool category that um Nightmare Before Christmas does, where you can watch it really like any time October through Christmas. It's got a wide berth there, and those are the best movies when it's kind of like any excuse for a quarter of the whole year you need, you've got it. Any given day, you can watch this movie um, and and write it off as yeah, this is totally okay and appropriate. What about you? What it's, say you, John? What do you think? It's not. I feel like I only see like Gremlins is a is a classic movie. Um, if you've met Harrison and I, you probably know that these are all about to be '80s films. <laughs> but um, it's something I feel like I only see around Christmas time. And for True. me, it, as a person that tries to logic everything, Gremlins are are just like Santa's elves, but from Mordor. So mm. yes, it's like a Christmas tale for the naughty <laughs> kids. There you go. I don't, I don't fully understand how the water thing works, but yeah. basically Gremlins is just a cautionary tale to be good. Uh, don't hydrate. capture the elves. If right. you do, please don't feed them or go swimming with them. But basically, uh, if you're on the good list, Christmas works as Hallmark will tell you that it does. And if you find yourself on the bad list, then you can expect Gremlins to ruin your Christmas. The question that I find myself asking are... You had like the original air quotes gremlin that spawned all the ones. Sure. Does that Odd creature why? have the same name as the character protagonist from the Jungle Book? So Mogwai, I think they're Mogwai, right? Mogwai are what they're actually called. And I think Mowgli is the name of the Jungle Book's lead human. You helped me so much in live and real time, Harrison, because I was like, wait, I'm getting both of them confused in my but they may, But they, but I think actually now that I'm sitting here, I think they're maybe spelled almost exactly the same. Maybe it's a pronunciation thing. I don't know. A, a deeper dive podcast may be in order for that, but in terms of how they're pronounced in each movie, it's Mogwai and Mowgli. Uh, spelling to be determined. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, good, good question. My brain, a part of it, awoken that had been long Sorry, dormant. I, I can see it. I can see the blocks falling off the assembly line. Exactly um, back right. to it. What movie do you have queued up, Harrison? All right, cool. So this one's a classic, no question. But is it a Christmas movie? So John, I'm going to ask you now. Edward Scissorhands. What say you? Christmas movie or no? classic film about barber school it's <laughs> it's a tim burton film so Admitted i'm inclined barber. to say yes because i feel like all of his movies can be christmas films i'm right. envisioning winona ryder snow falling around her but then i kind of get detracted about like there's an inventor that lives up the road in a castle <clears throat> santa claus um, <laughs> ah. this is 
a fabled kind of retelling of Christmas through the eyes of a madman, Tim Burton. Yeah. The real question here is, is Eddie, Eddie Scissors, yeah. is he playing the role of Santa or merely Rudolph? That's Yes, it's a Christmas mm. film. Who is uh, Edward Scissorhands supposed to be? Harrison, what do you think? Good. Is he right? Is he Santa or is he Rudolph? <laughs> Or is he more of like a Cindy Lou Who, perhaps trapped in the middle between two realities of kind of the gossipy world of the cul-de-sac universe that he's been kind of weirdly thrown into, and then some greater truth out there that he's yet to discover, which really starts with learning about who he is. I mean, again, lots of lessons there to be learned, and, and Christmas is more about about that. I'm going to say Christmas is about 90 different things today, I think. But that's okay. <laughs> Just roll with it. Christmas is about learning and growing. Christmas is about elves and, and battling Darth Vader. What? 13% no. stout from Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> All those things are right. Um, but, you know, to... So, I think it can be left up to interpretation. Perhaps Edward Scissorhands is many things, much like the kind of the artwork he creates with all the hedges. He can be he can be creating many he can be many things to many people. Um but much like Santa Claus. Fair enough. Chris Kringle, <laughs> Father Christmas, Papa Gijo, all those things. Accurate. For me though, I mean you make a great point, John, about the kind of inventor being much like a, a Santa Claus character when I think about it first as a movie on its its face, I don't see it as a Christmas movie. It certainly ends with like the magical Christmas finish, and perhaps that's the, that's the point. So maybe I'm you're converting me live in real time. That that right? I mean, that's the kind of the the journey, the journey, the dream of my life, the <laughs> the journey that that everyone kind of takes each year this time of year is to you know kind of take a moment. And look outward. What are other people doing? What can you do to help? All that sort of stuff. Certainly, if every scissor hand doesn't make you look at yourself and go, "Thank goodness I don't have scissor hands," and start to be grateful, then nothing else will. How else would you expect to get into your awesome waterbed uh, without scissor hands? It's difficult. He, he showed us all that. Showed us all <laughs> how ridiculous Edward had scissors were. for hands. Rudolph <laughs> had a nose so bright. He had to guide Santa's sleigh tonight. Man. Of course, we all know how that turned out. I, I, I feel like we're uncovering this. I'm unpacking it. But if anybody has ever, like, one thing I get accused of a lot is being a, I can't say this on the air, so we'll say a waffle stirrer. There you um, go. Or somebody that likes to incite a debate like this. So let's move on. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. I, like I think this. you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Definitively a Christmas movie. Yes, check. Christmas um, winner. Here's... Here's the one that kind of you, you see this on if you watch anything on the television. Sure. Uh, apparently, people are trying to debate this now. So, Harrison, let's weigh in with some authority. Die Hard. Yes. Christmas movie or no? Foolish the debate. Foolish the debate. On a personal <laughs> on a personal level, I mean, this is my Christmas Day kind of movie, and as a joke, growing up, probably starting around age sixteen or so, and I sneakily watched it without my parents knowing and learned how awesome it was every christmas morning when no one was paying attention i would grab the you know remote turn on the tv to die hard and just play it and ignore it and every year my mom it's halfway through probably when like the 20th f-bomb was dropped would turn to me and go how long has die hard been on why are we watching die hard 
for years. So <laughs> it's definitely for me, not only is it like a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas Day movie, it's part of Christmas. So it's ingrained in my life and upbringing and all that stuff. And I've carried that on to my own family. In fact, there's an awesome photo of uh of my daughter and my dad making a fire in my parents' fireplace. Their TV is above it, and it's just cropped out of the picture, but you can tell the bottom of the TV, you see maybe a half inch of the TV, and it's, we. my wife saw it, was like, that's, Die Hard is on TV when they're taking this picture. That's like John McClane falling out of a building. I can see his foot in the rope, or the, you know, the, the, the hose. Anyway, so for it's me, an yes. amazing, it's an amazing uh, family, <laughs> but more than that, like it's an amazing right. lineage that you're building. Right. It's some kind of and legend we've stumbled into by jest, and here we are, where for generations to come, can someone we a, can we get a copy of this picture for podcast <laughs> yeah, probably, at probably, dot com yeah, and post that on this episode? I know where it is. Someone pointed it. I think yeah, my wife pointed it out, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" So. Uh, yeah, well, we will. That's, I know where it is. We can make that happen. Um, uh, man, uh, a lot that's of other lot funny, but anyway, yeah, things great, we agreed to while drinking Prairie's Christmas, party. right? Exactly, <laughs> right? Under, under the influence of, of holiday cheer, but um, right here reminded me to drink it, but so okay, so that's me, and that's it's anecdotal, however. I absolutely believe that for everyone who enjoys Christmas and movies, this should be considered a Christmas movie. Not just any Christmas movie. I think it has one of the greatest lines of any Christmas movie ever. And obviously, you know, National Lampoon and Christmas Story take most of them. However, the line, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 is <laughs> amazing. You can <laughs> reuse that in many ways. You know, now I have the car keys, ho, ho, ho. You can make fun of your friends. Now I have the your whatever, your baseball cap. I don't know how people make fun Bottle of each other opener. anymore. There it is. Ho, ho, ho. It's, a, and it's like a meme of a line. That's great. It's pure Christmas magic. Also, we just kind of ran through how perhaps Edward Scissorhands is Cindy Lou Who and Santa and Rudolph and all these amazing, iconic kind of Christmas characters. I would say John McClane struggles basically as an allegory for Santa. You have John McClane getting stuck in a vent while Santa is known to get stuck in chimneys. Okay. You have a building. The Nakatomi Plaza is full of villains, the naughty list, and the employees, the nice list, except for Harry Ellis, who's obviously the worst, and he's on the naughty list. So John doesn't have a... <laughs> McClane doesn't have a sleigh, but he has a limo driver driven by the noble Argyle, who... Shows up just in the nick of time with Christmas lights blaring, much like Rudolph does for Santa with his light guiding the way. So, and, and my favorite is perhaps no bag of presents for John McClane, but he does have a clip full of bullets. And that helps him deliver the sweet gift of freedom, John, to all the those presents hostages. Of freedom. Right, that's yeah. right. Just, yeah, exactly right. You can say, so the, the list goes on. I could talk about for years probably how this was. Really, a greater story being told, perhaps the oldest story we all know, the story of Santa, um, but just kind of converted to 1980s uh, L.A. So, it, Twinkies for all, to all a good night. This is absolutely a home run of a movie, of a Christmas movie. It, it, it ends with a snow scene in L.A., which is nothing but Christmas magic. It's, it's, it's one of the best movies of all time. If you need an excuse to watch it, now you don't. 
pop it in the old VCR, or since those are all gone, order it on demand instantly from your phone and Turn watch it. Channel three. Turn the TV right. off again. To three. Get away. Don't touch the microwave. I'm trying to watch Die Hard. Right. That's the tracking. <laughs> Those days are, are long gone. But yeah, this one, I'll watch it Christmas Day with my family, probably, even though most of them are very young. But certainly Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'll sneak it out as well and, and see how long it takes for my wife to look up from her book and go, how long has Die Hard been on? It's And uh, and we'll see what happens. But I'm John, on the remote yeah, now. Right. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Cheer. There's nothing I can say. That was perhaps one of the most... Uh, maybe not eloquent, but but yeah. indebatable uh, yeah. arguments I've ever heard about anything, uh, including Thank physics. You. That was that's that's a lot Die Hard is a Christmas know. film. If your local news anchors disagree, they're they're probably Manchurian news anchors, and or they've right. never seen it. Don't I trust have nothing them. to say other than Bruce Willis is ageless. And I feel like, if anything, that film was put forth by the fruitcake industry to give people some something to listen to while they re-gift fruitcakes years and years beyond. I mean, the movie's, Art. what, 30 years old at this at point? Least, I think it's actually more. I think it's actually, well, maybe about, yeah, sure, right. What would it be, 94 or so, maybe? Maybe earlier? Is it earlier? It must be earlier. It's old enough to, dr- it's old enough to drink. And that... Yeah. That's a qualifier. Because right. so Die Hard is. 2 is another movie. We don't have time for that tonight. That's more of a Thanksgiving movie, but we'll we'll get there later. That, but it's funny to watch that movie because it's snowing in like November in Washington, D.C., and here we are having like 10 days in the 70s in, April, in December already. So different time. Anyway, what, what's, what's that? We have one more to finish up. We have, okay, so Tim Burton comes back again on this list. With this time, Batman Returns. You could say another Ooh. Edward Scissorhands type character of Batman, but maybe not. Maybe I'm way off base here. John, what's your hot take on Batman and Christmas? Is that a what's happening uh, there? Tim Burton is a magical character uh, akin to Wes Anderson in his filmmaking, but not only was this the worst Batman ever made. <laughs> including my 11-year-old nephew that made a Batman with crayons and old paper. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a horrible Batman. That's objective. That's my opinion. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. Don't waste your time. It's horrible. Hot take. Hot take. Um, aside from that, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Batman Batman in Christmas can't exist in the same universe. They Interesting. Christmas in Gotham City. Batman right. is... Is is the quintessential antihero that we need, and he can't be tied up with some sort of Christmas nonsense. His days are full of battling his deepest, darkest demons, which are only his own. So there's no room for Christmas for Bruce Wayne or for Batman, and there's certainly no room for Tim Burton to make another Batman film. That's just an opinion. Harrison, what do you think? <laughs> Well said. So, yeah, a lot of great points. I think you're right, John. If if any city would be a city Chris has forgot, it would have to be Gotham. I mean, talk about darkness and madness and chaos running the streets. Santa would not be stopping by there. They would have forgotten about what even Christmas was decades before, you know, Batman was actually able to fight some of this crime off. So not only is it not a Christmas movie, it's 
ridiculous. Even within the world of Batman movies, this could this, this could never <laughs> emerging gosh. from the sewers. But this could never happen. So, you know, I <laughs> I don't know if it's the worst Batman movie ever, but more to the point, I would love to see that showdown of if you can imagine for a moment, right? So Bruce Wayne growing up. He doesn't care about Christmas. He's a multi-billionaire. He can get whatever he wants. So presents mean nothing to him. But maybe he learns in his battling of villains that there is someone out there called Santa, kind of also high level, doing the same thing Batman is doing, but kind of in a different realm, you know, serving the good, punishing evil. He has kind of supernatural abilities, but maybe not. Instead of Alfred, he has a band of elves. Instead of reindeer, he has Robin. So, right, there you go. So, again, it's not hard to find parallels between any story. But we're we're not working very hard right now. But, um, (laughs) but so, so, right. And what I want to see is the movie where Batman kind of, you know, maybe his ego is a little dented learning that Santa's doing this for the whole world where he's just struggling with one city and confronts him one night and they duke it out. That's what I want to see is some kind of, you know, underground graphic novel of Batman and Santa. Batman just, versus Christmas. Yeah, something like that. Exactly right. Chris Kringle and Bruce Wayne. Maybe he fights and then with it Bruce Wayne, and I don't know. There could be all turns kinds of out stuff. that Santa Claus is played by the Riddler or the Joker or Bane or Batman's Bane. dad. Who um, <laughs> never died, but total left him. Exa- Smart. Um, sorry. Right. Tangential. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I could see that happening. Um, sure. So anyway, not a Christmas movie. Perhaps an even bigger missed opportunity to do the origin story of both Batman and Santa and how those paths ultimately interacted and then destroyed the known universe. So keep working, Tim. Eventually we'll figure out how to make movies. But until then, give us a call. <laughs> Whew. All right. Okay, we're getting towards the end here. Let's do a quick double check, though, of our beer. Now, we've been talking about how it may open up since the beginning of the show. I have a little bit left. I kept putting it down because I was chugging it like in an experienced beer person. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like many things, this has gotten better oh, the yeah. more I drank it. Smart. Um, but no, I get my, I get, I find a little bit of vanilla in there. It's warmed up. It's, it's kind of I don't, the, the, the little tiny bits of flavor with that warmth have kind of come to the surface a little bit more. So it's less, uh, egregious, bitter, dark chocolate. And now it's more like a warm lava cake or fudge cake with, right. with a little cinnamon, uh, not drizzle, but like where you put the cinnamon in the fine strainer yep, and then you tap yep, it. Tap and it, it falls on the dust, plate. kind of dusting, a dusting, like a cinnamon, 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 Good, it's working. So yes, love that. I right, I'm getting. I said graham cracker initially. I'm still getting that, but it's like right. All the flavors have come together so well. It's dark chocolate. It's coffee into cinnamon into a little bit of crackerness. There's vanilla happening. Crackerness. There you go, crackerness, yes, of the Graham variety. And then, um, but there's also, right, I don't know if I'm imagining, if it's the alcohol kind of playing tricks on my tongue, but I do, I feel like, right, it's like a faint 
faint heat. It's like just it's it's not spicy heat, but there's like a heat. Maybe it's coming from if there are anchos in here, the anchos. It kind of reminds me uh, of beers with peppers I've had in the past. But it, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's gotten everything at once has become like more pronounced but more blended together, and I'm getting all new flavors from it. So. This has been great to kind of sit on this beer and enjoy it with you, John. This has been a lot of fun. And I'm finishing my year on the podcast drinking a a 13% stout. I began my year drinking a 13.5% stout. Mm. So it seems sometimes things don't change. But (sighs) make sure uh, there's a little bit of time left. Check your own year in beer. Hopefully get some nice uh, Batman or Edward Scissorhands gifted stouts in your stocking. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, I hope you end your year with some delicious beer. Keep checking back on on Untapped's Year in Beer. Those will keep updating through New Year's Eve. You may find that that fateful night, New Year's Eve, sometimes we envision kissing our future loved ones. You may find yourself more happy if you open up your future loved beer style and whatever that may be. I hope you find it at the end of the year. Uh, Thanks for listening with us in 2020. Um, And we look forward to catching up with you next year, Harrison. What's that look like? I know, right? I I don't Next year is going to be a lot of fun. So keep your eyes peeled. If you're not following us on social media, you can do that at That Beer Podcast. You can jump into the Facebook group. We'll kind of be revealing a little bit more uh, as the uh, the month rolls along um, into what season four will be like, because there are some changes coming and we're excited about a ton of it. But in the immediate future, I mean, next week, John's going to probably be making a bunch of stuff in his woodshed. I will be trying to take as many naps as possible in a single day. <laughs> um, we may pop up one more time if we can. I can unnap myself and John can emerge from the the woodshed victorious and we may see you guys again here we'll see um but you know regardless happy holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah merry kwanzaa happy yule all that other fun stuff you're maybe celebrating enjoy it have fun we're thankful you guys are here this is a blast to do this it really is a lot of fun I didn't need an excuse to drink with job, but I'm glad that I have one because this is this is easily a highlight every time it happens. So, uh, and to share it all with you guys, and to tolerate our ridiculous breakdowns of Batman and Santa and everything else we kind of step into in this show, um, it's it's really cool. It really is. So, thanks for all that, and you know we want to want to pay you back next year with a lot more fun stuff. So, keep keep tuned in what that may be. If you agree with my review of Batman Returns, please go to iTunes and leave a (laughs) review of this podcast about how correct we are in our movie reviews. If you disagree, forget this ever happened. Yeah, say nothing. Um, And let me know how. How is Batman Returns? Anyways, show notes for this show (laughs) and all of the shows from season three are going to be available online at podcast.untap.com. Wherever you're listening to this, of course, you can find our previous episodes on there. If you have any questions, good ideas, feedback, pictures of yourself watching Die Hard as a child, opening Christmas presents, send them to Untap, tag us in social media, or connect directly with me and Harrison in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash drinking socially. Tune in for some really cool updates for season four. I believe the quote is, we've got the badge now, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) 
Harrison. <laughs> Other than that, we'll see you guys next year. Ooh, well, well caught. Yeah. Have a great, <laughs> have a great holiday season. Enjoy the last of your December and your first of 2021. See you soon. Cheers. Just a little bit. I'm really chugging along here. Chug, this, chug, chug. This stuff affected me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.